I just want to say a big warm welcome actually to everyone who's joining us online. It's so cool that uh, you're tuning in with us. Really hope you enjoy the message. And if you're ever down, come say uh, hello to us. Church, why don't we put our hands together for those joining us online. Awesome. So today I'm just going to read from the Word of God and then we're going to break it down. Is that cool with you guys? Awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad. So we're going to read from um, Exodus, the book of Exodus. If you have your Bible, whip that out. Um, it'd be really, really good. If you have your phone, you can whip that out if you have the Bible app on that. And I'm going to read from Exodus 9.27. Thank you, band. Thank you. That was a really good vibe going on there. I'm going to have to create my own vibe now with the Holy Spirit's help. Uh, Exodus 9.27. And we're going to be talking about a man named Pharaoh. Everyone say Pharaoh. Pharaoh. So um, this is Pharaoh talking. As I start to read this, you guys can listen in and then we'll break the scripture down. He says, I've sinned for sure this time. God is in the right and I and my people are in the wrong. Pray to God. We've had enough of God's thunder and hail. I'll let you go. The sooner you're out of here, the better. And Moses said, as soon as I'm out of the city, I'll stretch out my arms to God. The thunder will stop and the hell will end so that you will know that the land is God's land. Still, I know that you and your servants have no respect for God. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain, hail, and thunder had stopped, he kept right on sinning, stubborn as ever. Both he and his servants, Pharaoh's heart turned rock hard. He refused to release the Israelites as God had ordered through Moses. The title of my message today, if you're taking notes, write it down, is Stuck in Stubbornness. Stuck in Stubbornness. We're going to take a look at Pharaoh's life and see how we can learn from this man because I I don't know about you, but I think we all have moments of stubbornness. We all have those moments where we don't want to budge. We just want to stand ground. And I'm even guilty uh, of having these moments. We recently traveled to India and um, we stopped over in Singapore. And while we were in Singapore, you know, everything was going really, really good uh, for a while. And we decided, let's go to Universal Studios because, you know, we're on holiday. Let's just, you know, have, have a good time. So we went to Universal Studios in Singapore. And me, my dad, and my brother had been there before. My husband, Carl, my sister, and her husband had never been there before. So we're like, okay, we're the pros. All right, we'll give them the tour. We'll show them the best rides, the ones they don't want to go on, the food they don't want to eat. We, we got this. So we picked up our express passes, okay? Now, if you ever go to a theme park that's not rainbows and we don't have to wait in line for very long, you want an express pass because that shoots you to the front of the line. You don't have to wait. Everybody else hates you, but you love your life. So you're just, you're just walking past everyone. And so we're all excited and we get to the first ride. It was a Shrek roller coaster. It was for kids, but that's all good. We had to start slow. And so we walk up to the first ride and we're, we're literally, I'm not even exaggerating. We were all like, this is so much fun. We were all looking at each other and we line up. And I, I lined up in the queue for the front part of the first cabin on the roller coaster. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. And then out of nowhere, I just feel the shove and it's like pushes me out of line into the second part of the carriage. And I turn over, and my dad, a.k.a. senior pastor Adam, is like, <laughs> got to be fast. And I was like, I was. You just pushed me. And so I got a little bit frustrated. I'm not going to lie. I got a little bit annoyed with him, but I kept my cool. I was like, okay, okay, I'll brush that off. That's cool. That's whatever. And so we went on the ride. We put our hands up. It was all good. And we kept on going on rides. And we were at this one point of the day, and it's hot in Singapore. And when I'm hot and I'm hungry, I'm not always happy. Um, so... 
I said to dad, okay, let's go on that roller coaster. We've never been on it. It looks so good. And then everyone's like, yeah, let's go, let's go. Okay, let's go. And then dad's like, hold up. Why don't we go to the show? And I was like, no, dad, I don't want to go to the show. Let's go on the roller coaster. He's like, no, Grace, the show. Remember the show? It's so good. I'm like, dad, it's like 45 minutes long. We're right here. It's on the other side. I don't want to go on the show. Then it became this battle between me and dad to convince the rest of who would they join. Yeah. They didn't pick me. So I was like, okay, you guys go ahead. I'm just going to go back with Gia because I'm a good sister. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to go feed the baby. I'm not going to feed. She can feed her own baby. And uh, we went home, and my mom was at home. So I was like, wow, I need to let her know uh, what her husband has been up to. So mom, mom ended up coming back on the train with us, and we were just uh, laughing away. And I was like, by the way, your husband, yes, let's talk about him. I said, first of all, mom, this is what happened. He pushed me, and it was just like rude, wow, unnecessary, dad. So I just started telling mom all these things that dad was doing. It wasn't really that big of a deal, but to me, I was, I was pretty furious. And it was meant to be mine and mom's little thing, you know, because my plan was the whole rest of the day, I was just going to kind of ignore dad, and he was never going to know it was wrong. But he's like, why, why is she acting like this? But mom, being the good wife that she is, as soon as she saw him, she's like, Adam, come here. And so I'm standing there awkwardly like, okay, we had a bond, mom. What's going on here? And so she starts to tell dad, okay, Grace has told me you have upset her. What have you done? Why are you doing this? This is a holiday. We are meant to have fun. We are a family. So I was like, oh, mom. And then dad's like, Grace, come over here. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And so I go over to dad and he's like, Grace. What, what have I done? And I was like, what have you done? You, okay, let me tell you. And so I said, Dad, uh, first of all, you pushed me. Second of all, and so I started telling Dad all these things that pretty much I was pulling out his list of sins for the day. And he was pretty, pretty chill just listening to me. And then he responded in a way that kind of ruined my plans. He was like, he was like, Grace, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you I was I didn't realize you felt like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and I was like (sighs) I was like oh and see in that in that moment right there I could have stayed stuck in my stubbornness I could have decided no 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 don't you apologize to me father no I'm gonna have a bad day and you're coming down with me I could have done that I could have done that but I decided in that moment you know what I'm just gonna receive this apology, I'm going to release forgiveness. And the reason why is because we're, we're going to enjoy the rest of this day. We've come on holiday and we're going to have fun and, and the enemy is not going to take that away from us. But a lot of times we can choose the opposite. We can choose to get stuck in our stubbornness. So that's the title of my message today. Let's pray before we go any further. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it reveals uh, truth and revelation to us, Father God. And I just pray right now that you would speak through me, Holy Spirit. I pray for every single person here in their different lives and their situations and circumstances, Father God. I pray that as they hear this message, they would be able to connect it to their lives in such a way that it works, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, amen, amen. Let's check out uh, the dictionary definition for stubbornness. Stubbornness is a dodged determination not to change one's attitude or position on something. That's pretty crazy that someone is determined not to change. So I'm going to give you a background story before I break the scripture down because otherwise it may not make any sense. So there's a man named Pharaoh. He was the ruler of 
Egypt. And God's children, the people of Israel, they lived in Egypt for hundreds of years under Pharaoh's rule, and they were slaves uh, under Pharaoh. And so one day they started to cry out. They're like, God, please save us from this. We, we don't want to be under his rule anymore. We don't want to be slaves. So God's like, I hear you. I'm going to send my man Moses over. So God calls out to Moses, and Moses goes over to Egypt. And he says, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, uh, whoa, whoa, let my people go. Anyway, no, okay, I tried. Maybe you guys are like either too old or too young. I don't know. We need the in-betweens over here. But pretty much God says, Moses, my people are crying out to, out to me. They, they need to be free. They need to be set free, and I'm sending you as my messenger. So Moses goes in. He walks into the palace. He's like, Pharaoh. I know you've had these people, but they're actually God's people. I'm taking them. We're leaving. We're ditching. We're going to worship God. And Pharaoh was like, who is this guy? Do, do you guys know this guy? Like imagine in that moment how Pharaoh must have felt. This stranger just walking into his palace like God has told me these are his people. We are leaving. Have you guys ever had someone kind of get in your space? up in your face, kind of your personal bubble zone, and they just walk around like they own everything. I kind of feel like that's how Pharaoh must have felt in that moment. Like, who is this guy rocking up in here telling me that my people are God's people? Who even is this God in the first place? But you know, God's like that. He's, he's actually famous for giving and taking away. See, God had allowed the Israelites to be in Pharaoh's possession. He actually allowed it. But now God was asking that Pharaoh would release. God allows us in life to have positions and different possessions, but there are actually moments that God asks us to release them. See, what ended up happening is Pharaoh wasn't like, here, man, let's do this. Set them free. You take my, that's fine. I don't mind. He wasn't like that. He got really, really angry. He got really mad. And so Pharaoh refused to listen. He objected to release God's people and so began a series of outcomes to his disobedience in the form of plagues. Pharaoh got stuck in his stubbornness. You know, in life we can pick our decisions, but we cannot pick our consequences. See, Pharaoh and all his people ended up suffering because of Pharaoh's stubbornness. And what ended up happening is God came in and God would show his power. He would send a plague, whether it be frogs covering the land, the water turning to blood, whether it be lice or boils covering people's body, God would reveal his power. And every time God revealed his power, it's like Pharaoh would get more and more stubborn. It's like every time God showed that he was real, Pharaoh would get more angry. And by this time that we enter the scripture, God had already sent six plagues. And we enter in on the seventh plague, the plague of hail, lightning, and thunder. So we're going to break this scripture down. Pharaoh says, I've sinned for sure this time. God is in the right and I and my people are in the wrong. The first thing Pharaoh does is he identifies he's in the wrong. He identifies he shouldn't be doing what he is doing. Have you guys ever had those problems where maybe... There's someone and they keep doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. I find it a lot being a youth pastor when it's young people in relationships. And you're like, oh, you shouldn't be in there. That's not good for you. And then everyone else can see it except for them. They're like, oh, my goodness, everything's all good. And you're like, no, it's not. And so you try to tell them. Everyone try. Their mom, their dad, their auntie. everyone's telling them, but they're not listening. And then they have this moment. Something happens to them. And they have this revelation. They're like, oh, my goodness. 
this whole time, I shouldn't have been in their relationship. And you're like, thank God. I've been trying to tell you this whole time. I think that's kind of how Moses must have felt in that moment with Pharaoh. Like, thank God, Pharaoh. I've been telling you, just let the people go. I've been telling you you're in the wrong. And finally, finally, you can actually see it. And then he goes on to say, hey, Moses, pray to your God. Pray to your God. I love this. Pharaoh doesn't necessarily believe in God. He's not really for God. But he's asking, he's asking Moses to pray to God. Last year, I was sitting at my computer upstairs, and I received a Facebook message. And it was from a really random person. And I was like, why is this person messaging me? And I clicked it open. It was this long message. And the person said to me, hey, Grace. Um, I just want to let you know that um, I, I would really like your prayers. Yeah, I would really like your prayers because my nana, she's, she's on her deathbed, and um, I'm going up to see her, but I'm scared that she's going to die before I, I get there. I was just wondering, can you please pray? Can you please pray for me? I, I'm going to pray, and can you pray? And the crazy thing is this, this person that messaged me is not a Christian. But something in their heart in a moment of tragedy said, I can still message that person who knows Jesus, who follows. They believe. I'm, I'm going to message them. You know, we've got to be followers of Christ and follow God in such a way that when other people who don't know God are in tragedy, are in pain, are hurting, they can look at us and go, but I can still message them because they believe and they will pray for me and they will be there for me. We've got to be people that other people know they can count on us. So Pharaoh said, Moses, pray to your God. And then he said, we've had enough of God's thunder and hail. I'll let you go. The sooner you're out of here, the better. And Moses said, as soon as I'm out of the city, I'll stretch out my arms to God. The thunder will stop. The hail will end so that you'll know that the land is God's land. Still, I know that you and your servants have no respect for God. And it says that Moses did that. He raised his hands. He prayed and it stopped. Isn't it crazy, though, that God can be so real? God can be so evident. Like, when you think about it, Pharaoh can't deny God in those situations. I mean, he covered the land in frogs. He, he turned the water into blood. He brought hail and lightning from the sky. He, he can't deny God, yet still somehow so many of us can find an excuse to deny him. It's crazy that when God is undeniable, we can still say, oh, he doesn't exist, even though it's so clear and so evident in our lives. And then it goes on to say, when Pharaoh saw the rain, the hail, and the thunder had stopped, he kept right on sinning, stubborn as ever. Both he and his servants. Man, you've got to be careful who you hang around. Because sometimes other people's stubbornness and other people's sin can actually affect you in a great way. Pharaoh's heart turned rock hard. He refused to release the Israelites as God had ordered through Moses. Pretty crazy how in situations where we ask God for forgiveness and God forgives and we see things stop and we see God's incredible power that we can carry on sinning. I know some of you guys are like, wow, great, heavy message, awesome. But, but it's true, we can. I know because I've done it. You know, you, you, you do things you shouldn't be doing, and you feel all this heavy sin and shame. And, you know, I have parents that are pastors, and so there's, like, extra um, sin and shame in our house. Um, well, it's felt anyways. And so I remember being at home, and I'd be doing things in the background I shouldn't be doing, and then, I, and then I'd be alone in the kitchen with my mom. 
and she'd be stirring the pot, and I'd be like, oh, my goodness. And the Holy Spirit's like, you need to tell your mom. He didn't say it quite like that because it was just an impression on my heart. But I felt it, and then I'd talk to my parents, and they'd forgive me. And it was just the most incredible feeling of freedom. Like, thank God I don't have to carry this around anymore. And then I'd just do something I shouldn't be doing again. You guys ever done that? Everyone but Pastor Neil. Everyone's like, mm-hmm, Pastor Neil's like, no, no. You are so holy, Pastor Neil. If you read on, though, because he kept on sinning, it says the plagues kept on coming. They kept on hitting one after another. And it says it got so bad that by the last plague, his very own son was taken away from him. And I don't know what that feels like, but I have a niece. Um, So if she was taken away from me, um, my wrath would be unleashed. And it wouldn't be good, but I could feel Pharaoh's pain, you know. That's a hard thing to lose your child. But it all kind of happened because he got stuck in his stubbornness. And in 2018, and just for our future lives, it'd be so great if we didn't let ourselves get stuck in such a way to such a point that trauma happens, that regret happens, that disappointment happens. It'd be so great if we could just identify our stubbornness and move on from it, to heal from it, to grow in it rather than get stuck in it. Because the thing is with stubbornness is it tends to ruin relationships. It tends to kill friendships. It can even damage families and marriages. It can steal away opportunities from people. It can stop healing in people's lives just because we got stuck in it. So all I want to do right now is just identify how, how do we know if we are being stubborn? And I'm gonna, there's going to be some little identification things come up on the board. And, and if you're like, oh my goodness, I relate, that's me, um, just give yourself a little tap. And if the person next to you, if that's them and they're not identifying, you want to let them know, you just give them a little tap. Um, sometimes we need help. All right, here we go. How do we identify we are being stubborn? I, had, um, I, I went onto a great research um, thing on the internet. It's called Google. You guys should look it up. And I found some, um, some things that help us identify. Number one, you're stubborn if you keep at an idea or plan or insist on making your point even when you know you're wrong. That's called Pharaoh in a teacup. He knew he was wrong. He even said, Me and my servants are in the wrong. But he kept on doing his own thing. Number two, you do something you want to do, even if nobody else wants to do it. I have done that before. I'm guilty. Pharaoh did it too. I bet you there were so many Egyptians that were like, come on, man. We're covered in boils. Let it go. But he didn't. Number three, when others present an idea like Moses did to Pharaoh, you tend to point out all the reasons it won't work. Number four, you visibly feel anger, frustration, and impatience when others try to persuade you of something you don't agree with. I can see some people like, hmm, that's me, that's me. And last one, you agree to or commit half-heartedly to others' requests. Pharaoh said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll release your people. Just pray to God, I'll release them. But when you know all along 
that you're going to do something entirely different. And there's actually a number six. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it because I think it's relevant. Um, oh, number five, one, two, three, four, five. No, six, number six um, is... They say that stubborn people result to, rather than fixing the problem, to ad hominem attacks. So politicians do it all the time, where rather than dealing with the problem, they start to point out everything wrong with the other person, everything the other person's done. So that's a few things. Maybe you can relate to one. Maybe you can relate to all. If you're Pastor Neil, you didn't relate to any. Um, but that's cool. Stubborn people. Uh, I found this quote. I thought it was quite cool. Stubborn people will win small battles, but ultimately they will lose the war. So we're going to talk about four things you can do to kind of break out of your stubbornness because I don't want you just to identify. I want you to be able to move on from it. So number one is seek to understand. Listen to people without shutting them down straight away. Seek to understand that many people don't listen because they think that other people will think they agree. That is not a valid reason for not listening to someone. Just because you understand someone it does not mean you agree. In fact, listening and understanding when someone, where someone comes from actually gives you a better chance to state your own position. And who knows, you could even change your mind in the end. Number two, be open to possibilities. There is not always one way to do things, and your way is not always the best. Approach situations with openness, even if in the end you're right back where you started. Ask yourself the question on what benefits would come from the change. And in the end, you may even come up with a better idea spurred off the ideas of others. But you won't if you're not open to the possibilities in the first place. And number three, number three is really, really, really important. Admit when you are wrong. Being convinced you're right in something is one thing. But just digging your heels in deeper when you know you're wrong, well, that's inexcusable. I have done it. <laughs> I am guilty because, you know, you get to a place where you're like, oh, my goodness, I've just stuck with this so long. I'm just going to look so dumb if I say that I'm wrong because I've now realized I am completely 100% wrong. And I kind of think that's where Pharaoh was at as well. He's like, oh, well, we've suffered so much now. What's, what's stopping from carrying on? I actually think that's what the man was thinking. Because sometimes we think that, oh, I look so weak, so weak if I just admit, yeah, you're actually totally right. Oh, I don't want to do that. But we got to be careful not to confuse stubbornness with strength because they're two completely different things. We should be very careful in the, oh, sorry, in the long term, when you own up that you're wrong, you actually can build trust with people and it gives you more credibility than what you had if you had stuck with what you knew was wrong. And number four, decide what you can live with. Being overly stubborn, believe it or not, can actually become a habit. You ever met those people and it's like everything you try to do, they're like, mm -mm, nah, 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 nah. And you're like, okay, what about, nah, 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 nah. And you're like, didn't say anything, but okay. It can become a habit. We gotta recognize when it's okay to go with a decision that you can actually live with even if it's not your top choice. It may be that you have more to gain in the long term if you show that you're persuadable in the short term. I'm not asking you to give up real um, heavy convictions and stuff like that. I'm just asking, decide what you can actually live with that benefits, not just you, but others as well. At the root of all stubbornness is fear of letting go of our own ideas, convictions, decisions, and at times even our own identity. But James Baldwin says this, he says, any real change 
implies the breakup of the world as one has always known it. Yet, it is only when a man is able, let me just, yeah, it is only when a man or woman is able without bitterness or self-pity to surrender a dream he has long cherished or a privilege he has long possessed, that he is set free for higher dreams and for greater privileges. Sometimes letting go of an overly staunch position can result in greater value than you originally expected. I hope that's helped you this morning. And before I kind of close, I just want to tell you a little bit of a story because you know we serve a really really good God who even when we're stubborn still reaches out to us still tries to help us along and uh, I want to offer everyone here an opportunity to say yes to Jesus and maybe you've done it before and you just need to recommit your life maybe you've never done it before but I just remember when when I read my Bible and it talks about Jesus hanging on a cross see Jesus he lived a life that we could never live and he died a death that we would never dream of and it was all for us every single one of us if you were the only person that ever lived he would still have done it for you and that that's pretty mind-blowing because we don't always deserve it but his grace covers it all and it talks about when Jesus was hanging on a cross there were two criminals on either side of Jesus and it says in Luke 23, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. He said, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. What a silly man. He had a great opportunity in his hands, but he decided to stay stuck, stubborn in his position in his circumstances and where he was at. But it talks about another man. It says, but the other criminal rebuked him and said, don't you fear God? He said, since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, Today you will be with me in paradise. Two men, both bad, same opportunity, different responses. I want to offer you the opportunity today. And it's up to you how you want to respond. And maybe if you're in here and you're like, oh, I know I need to, but I don't want to. I want to just challenge you. Don't get stuck where you are. Because God's got a different ending for you. It's a better one. So if everyone can bow your heads and close your eyes with me. And if that's you here today, if you're like, man, I don't want to stay stuck in my stubbornness. I don't want to stay stuck in my sin or my shame. I actually want to do this life with Jesus. I want to receive forgiveness and be able to walk out in freedom. Completely knowing that he's covered it all. Then I'm going to ask you just right now. If you can raise your hand, if that's you in this place. If there's anybody who's like, man, I want to say yes to Jesus, raise your hand in this place. I'll leave it a little longer just in case you're fighting a bit of stubbornness. Awesome. Cool. I see a hand. We're going to just pray together. 
as a church. And if you raise your hand, you're going to pray crank and loud, man, because you're meaning this with all your heart. This is the best decision you could ever make. So church, why don't we join in? Repeat after me. Father God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I pray right now that you would forgive me of all my sins and take away, God, all of my shame. Transform me from the inside out and help me do life with you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. Why don't we put our hands together for that person who put that?